to the show, everybody. It's it's your old favorite pal, Peyton, here. Again, much less drunk today than last episode. On good old explaining to Austin, however, this week, <laughs> it's more like explaining to Emily because Austin decided to be a piece of shit today and not record. I'm just kidding. We love Austin. And he is taking... He's taking today, this week off, and in his place, we have my friend, hopefully soon to be your friend too, if not already, uh, wonderful Emily, uh, who you may know from internet as Adequate Emily on Twitter and YouTube and all of things. Hello, Emily, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. uh, I I was tempted to just introduce myself as Austin for the entire episode and just pretend nothing changed the entire time. Yeah, we just we just um, did a switch out like a it's like a Paul McCartney situation. We just switched him out. Anytime you like would make a comment about how I'm different, I'd just be like, yeah, I got a haircut. Yeah, on this audio um, medium, that's what's different. Yeah. Um, um. So yeah, we got Emily here. Emily's a Emily's a good friend of mine, a fellow fellow movie fan. Uh, and uh, I thought Emily would be a, a good fit for the show, uh, given that... Uh, I really like when those uh, images move. Yeah, and I thought she'd be a great fit for the show uh, this today, this week, since Austin can't be here. Uh, Emily, of course, you're getting a, getting a two-for-one trans girl deal this week. <laughs> Emily and I, one podcast, two trans women. That's my favorite video on the internet. Um so yeah, it's 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 gonna be a good that one. Probably exists. Probably. <laughs> uh, you you having a beverage there? Did I just hear a beverage, Emily? Uh, yes, I have a bottle of sparkling water. Very nice. I have a uh, almost empty to-go cup of Coke. Uh, so <laughs> definitely, yeah. Uh, n- not not hitting the booze as hard this this week's episode as last week, uh, which which pr- got pretty crazy, uh, so to speak. But, um, so yes, welcome to the episode, Emily. Uh, it's fitting that I have, that we have you on this week as it is the first week of June, uh, Pride Month, obviously, as I said, we're both trans in the, in the queer community as well. Um, Just a bunch of flaming homos. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in honor, in honor of, uh, Pride Month, Emily starting, I wanted to just real quick, uh give you a this is this is um this is obama if he was queer it's a uh let me be queer let me let me be queer i'm queer has that been done before you think that's been done as a joke before uh no i think you're the first person to ever do a barack obama impression ever actually i i don't think it's ever been done nice this is uh this is obama choosing where he wants to bomb it's um uh, drone strike right here. Get it? You know that one might be a bit obscure for me. I was he the president ever? Uh, Barack Obama was the president. Oh, see, I must have missed that episode. I believe the um, he was the that sec- episode of American history. He was the second president. I count all the white men as one. They they just count as one. And Obama was the second president. I mean, JFK was Irish. That is... That doesn't is that count. Count? 
Catholics don't count as people. That's true. That's that's true. Um, what Especially else? if they're from Massachusetts. Yeah, definitely. That makes it even worse, honestly, in my opinion, even worse. Um, what what else is going on? What else? Uh, oh yeah, did you see that? Um, you see they released um, John Hinckley Jr. He's out of prison, and he I he's did. putting like songs on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I wonder. Do you think he's figured out over the past like 30, 40 years that like it was never gonna work out with him and Jody Fisher, or do you think he still doesn't know when he still thinks it might work? Jody Fisher. It was Jody Fisher, right? Jody Foster. Jody Foster. I'm so sorry. Um, I tried. I don't know. I mean, what I want to know is, uh, I just, I don't know. I, I want him to write a, I want him to write a song about his, uh, his, his attempt on Reagan. I want to know what he thought of, uh, thought of Reagan. Cause he, he tried to assassinate Reagan right at the beginning of, of the presidency. Obviously Reagan was already established politician, but you know, he hadn't reached his true heights of evil that he would, you know, it, he, he, he had not peaked nor had he started sundowning as famous with uh, the end of the Reagan administration. But so when Hinckley tried to kill him and then was, you know, arrested in prison during Reagan's like height of height of Reagan's reign. So I really want to know what Hinckley, you know, did he develop, you know, what what are his opinions on the rest of Reagan's uh, tenure? Because uh, you know it's, it's weird because like he didn't really, as far as I know, I don't remember him having an actual like much of an opinion on no, Reagan. No, he just picked the most famous person he yeah. could do. You know, it just <laughs> so just, happened to line up it being you know a quality target. That's the thing. Like I wonder if like he has political views or if it's just to impress random lesbians. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Is Jodie Foster a lesbian? Yeah, Jodie Foster's a lot. That that was the whole joke I made, like that it was never gonna work because she was a lesbian. Oh, I just thought because she's famous and he's a random guy. No, it was. Oh, I didn't know she was gay. Yeah. Oh well, Happy Pride Month, uh, Jodie Foster. Uh, did you know that he's from? I gotta make sure before I say that. Actually, I I I've never heard. That yep. She okay. Is. Yep. Is she's she... she's married to a woman. Oh oh, good for her. Round of applause for gay Jodie Foster, everybody. Um. <laughs> You know, John Hinckley Jr. is actually, he was born, he's from, his hometown is a town that I grew up part of my childhood in, and my sister was born in. Mm-hmm. So, that's that's interesting. I, I lived in the same place. Not, like, at the same time, but he's, like, if you go on the Wikipedia for that town, it, he's, like, one of, like, three people. <laughs> it's, like, notable, notable residents or whatever. <laughs> he's one of, like, three. The other two are, like, random, like, I think sports people. <laughs> I just like the idea of like minor league athlete, minor league athlete, assassin, like just the big three in terms of fame. Like you can either be a minor league athlete or an assassin. That's really the two lanes of fame. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Norris famously from like the next town over. Mm. Uh, So, you know, quite the, quite the bed of, uh, of, of interesting and diverse figures. Um, you know, so, Chuck Norris here is very tough. I don't think anyone's ever made jokes about that before, though. Yeah, that's a that's a real fresh ground for some comedy mining. The old Chuck never Norris been done area. before. Never been done before. Yeah, you know, if 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 I were to compare jokes to like, 
you know, African slave mining blood diamond situations. Chuck Norris is like the like Elon Musk like parents like mine of comedy. It's just I was very worried about where you were going there. That was not a good beginning to that sentence. It's just been like stripped dry, you know, and pumped into others people's pockets. The, the minute I heard African slavery mine, I was like, this better be going in like an Elon Musk direction. Otherwise, this is a very worrying sense. What other direction would I take it? I don't know, but that's what's worrying. You know, funny enough, I read on IMDb Chuck Norris's next movie. He's actually playing uh, the, the slave owner of an African blood diamond mind. He's the hero. You know, it's portraying him as the hero. He's gonna put down the the uprising of the of the binding slaves. That's the kind of work he's doing nowadays. I have no idea how to respond to that. Uh, anyways, um, yes. Yeah, so I'm if- assuming you're kidding, but I also don't know, and that's what scares me. I mean, I am kidding. As far as I know, that's not a thing. But I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it if it was. I would definitely at least be interested to check it out to see how it turned out so as i was saying john hinckley jr he's out of prison now i i'm surprised i i assume trying to kill like a main conservative person would land you in prison forever if not killed i mean the fact that he wasn't killed like on site is pretty amazing but so you know i guess he's out now and he's posting like acoustic guitar original songs on youtube which wow what a life trajectory i'm always surprised by like when figures like that get out of like prison like very early on in like when you would think they would go like again like i'm anti-prison in a lot of ways but like the, the it's weird to me to find out that like like i mean there's the famous black metal musician Varg vikernis who's like an actual neo-nazi and racist yeah and like but like committed a real murder yeah and it's he, weird like, to me that like after like 15 years they were like all right see ya he like made soup in his friend's head or something right no that was he he killed the person who made stew in the person's head i believe well i mean he's Uh, from mayhem was a weird group they're they're all from like norway though right so their prison's basically like a like extended summer camp program so um uh i'll have to make sure i'm gonna have to run it by austin but I'm thinking of putting John Hinckley Jr. second under Ted Kaczynski on our people I'm going to write letters to, and then if they respond, read it on the show list, because I think he would be a good one to to get as well. I'm sure I'll figure out his address he's at now. How are the letters to Ted going? I haven't written it yet. I mean, I still still definitely, you know, want to do it. I'm just worried about, you know... The potential. I'm. 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 I'm pretty positive. I haven't looked it up, but just instinct. I'm like assuming you get put on a list and monitored from for like the rest of your life if you write a letter to Ted Kaczynski. So I've it just been. Might not be worth it. I've just been weighing the, the the risks and consequences of being on the FBI's per people who've written letters to Ted Kaczynski list. Uh, it's like. You, you, you kind of have to weigh the options. It's like, funny joke, is it worth going to a black site prison? Mm. Maybe. Well. Maybe. Podcasts are very influential, and as a result, maybe a hit podcast is worth going maybe. to a black site. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I wouldn't immediately get taken to a black site. I would just be, you know, on a list to where if I ever did do anything, like, they would 
catch me really easily because they've been monitoring me because I wrote a letter to Ted Kaczynski. Like I'd be like top. I something happens, I'm like one of the first people they like cross check to see if I was, you know, had an alibi. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'm I'm still weighing that that decision heavily. Austin and I, you know, lots of discussion behind the scenes <laughs> on the Ted Kaczynski front. to today's film uh emily i've told you what the film for today is uh and of course all of the viewers by now are li- i i sec- i say viewers probably about once an episode and <laughs> if not more and i still I they're still just staring do. intently at that start at that screen on their phone just watching it scroll yeah. on it's not a just... video podcast it hasn't been at all at this point not even once so i don't know why i keep saying that but um it's it's in their imagination really like we're that vivid yeah you're you're that vivid i'm not usually on here but i'm i'm so good they i'm i'm pretty vivid as well yeah um but like i was saying might as well be video yeah might as well be you're right good good point uh anyway today's film i'm sure as the viewers have seen by the title uh, and I t- would you like they know what it is, but go ahead. Would you like to tell them what I told you that today's topic was? Uh, today's movie is the number 23. That's correct. It is. And uh, obviously I'll get into some fun facts I learned about this movie. And boy, are there a lot of fun facts about this movie and its general topic it's about. But uh, what questions do you have about this film what I, I apparently i've been told by you what you haven't told me what the story is but apparently you have some sort of story or connection to this film i'm unaware of uh so yeah tell me about what you know about this film or in, in the story uh tell me what you know tell me what you want to know uh sure uh i my experience with the story is it's interesting i don't know what the exact story of this film is besides jim carrey gets obsessed with the number 23 and it's a thriller and i believe it's directed by joel schumacher that's all i know that's correct all of that Uh, all of that is accurate i would say the the reason i am even familiar with this film besides the fact that it is as far as i know apparently considered a massive joke by a lot of people is the fact that when i was younger around like 2010 2011 Mm -hmm. uh i or oh this might be even longer back this might have been like 2009 uh my cousin showed me would show me and my sister these youtube videos they they had access to youtube this is before youtube became the thing that everyone used all the time Uh uh-huh and like this is like 2009 where it's like 
people would go there, but it wasn't a thing they went to every day. It wasn't the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. Um, so it had a lot of smaller creators on there, and one of them was this group called Evil Iguana Productions. <laughs> okay. And what they would do is they would do trailer parodies. So they would the big thing they used to do is they would tra- they would parody the trailers to Twilight movies. Uh huh. Classic, classic early YouTube. As with Chuck Norris jokes, just uh, just a, a wellspring of uh, of of uh, fresh comedy takes, uh, good old Twilight parodies. So, yeah, there were on. other movies. I will say that okay. there were like they they did one on uh, on Harry Potter and stuff. But the big the one I remember was they did a parody of the number twenty three trailer. Okay. Except they didn't call it the number twenty three. They call it the number forty seven, and basically the whole joke of the trailer is this guy comes back he's like everything adds up to 47 and he keeps like adding up people's birthdays and none of them add up to 47 but he's convinced they all do okay so like like the the biggest line I remember is he's just they're in this dark room and they're staying airing at a picture of 9 11 and he goes september 11th 2001 9 plus 11 plus 2001 equals 47 and so the whole joke of the trailer is just like he keeps insisting this like there there's some conspiracy going on and all his friends keep saying are do you need a tutor like i thought you were in ap math what's going on so he can't he can't do math yes that is the whole that is the whole joke but it's edited like the trailer so every time he has a revelation like there's a big drop in base hit and everyone just looks confused the whole time because no one else is seeing anything gotcha yes well uh i mean that's essentially that's essentially what the movie is except that the main character does can can does do math well uh so i mean it's not far off but i yeah i mean that's a solid joke premise uh so is there anything what do you anything you have any guesses about what about the film or anything you want to know going into this explanation i guess i do have some questions so i remember i looked up because of that video i remember i looked up like the meaning of like if what 47 was about and it is like a thing in some spiritual uh like cultures that 47 is like a holy number and that appears everywhere and stuff like that Mm-hmm. But I was wondering if there's, like, any specific meaning behind 23 specifically, or if it was just an invention of the film that it appears in these places, and less so uh, a specific spiritual thing. And the other question, of course, is, it's Joel Schumacher. Uh, is there any good camp in this film? Because he usually puts some of that in his films. And also, I guess I just thought of one final question. Um do you think this killed Jim Carrey's career in serious acting? Because he did not do like another serious role for like seven years. Good questions. All, all, all good questions. I'll start with the last first. Uh, personally, I have no clue. Uh, I mean, it's a good hypothesis, though. I didn't think about that. Um, I mean, you, yeah, I mean, I, that's a valid point because I can't think of any serious Jim Carrey roles after this film. Uh, at least not ones that have been well received. So th- possibly you're not a big Dark Crimes fan. Is it? Yeah, I remember. I remember that. I didn't see it, but I saw. I remember seeing the trailer, and it was just like it. It looked like every single like uh, Nordic crime thriller. Like 
How weird but is that, that that's a Peyton, genre? But Jim Carrey's bald in it. Yeah. That he, makes it more serious. He has, a, he has a beard. Like, how weird is it that, like, the Nordic region is just, like, has, a, has like, a, like, is just known for one specific genre? It's just it's, really it's interesting. Ch- it's church burnings, Nazis, and and, and like, horrible serial killer, horrible cruel fiction. crimes. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's really you never hear about comedies. I guess there's not a lot to laugh about from up in that region. It's a lot of snow and dark and abysmalness. Um, I was thinking of like the girl with the dragon tattoo, but I just realized like even before then there's like insomnia. Yeah, I mean, and like there's so many. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. Of course, uh, masterpiece um, above all else. The uh, uh, what is it? The Snowman Killer. What is that movie called? The snow. Is it just the Snowman? <laughs> the the hello. It's just the Snowman. Uh, hello, Mr. Police. Yeah, that movie. Uh, of course. Um, but I digress. Um, with your other two questions, all this with the one about Joel Schumacher. Yes, it is directed by him. And um, I would say there's camp. It's not his... I wouldn't say it's, like, the camp that uh, maybe is typically, like, associated with Joel Schumacher. But so not Batman for not Batman Forever, not Phantom of the Opera type camp. Yeah, not, not as, in, not as um, like, flamboyant camp, but there's definitely, like, cheesy, like, campiness to it. And I'll get into that when I talk about some of the elements. Um, it certainly has some moments that are very uh, um, <laughs> interesting, to say the least. Um, on the topic of the subject matter of the movie, let me just go over some quick um, info about the movie first. Uh, 2007, yeah, like I said, Joel Schumacher. Um, and besides Jim Carrey, we have a very, not a very young, but a young, like pre-puberty uh logan lerman of course from like uh perks of being a wallflower uh percy jackson percy jackson uh like pre-puberty logan lerman in this movie as the son character and then virginia madsen as the kind of main uh female lead uh she plays uh jim carrey's wife of course her main role she is she plays the uh like empress in in david lynch's dune um, and from there, she's been in a lot of TV shows. But, um, yeah, this whole movie centers around the 23 Enigma, which is not something made up or created specifically just for this movie. It is, It has been and is a uh, you know, popular numerology um, number and uh, source of you know, theories uh, before and after. Uh, according to the online, you know, Wikipedia, just baseline level searching, seems that many people think that uh, the writer William S. Burroughs is the one who kind of popularized uh, this 23 Enigma idea. Apparently, even one of his books is heavily based around um, kind of that reoccurring motif or theme of 23 being a significant or meaningful number. Um there will be some specific examples that are like actual and real in the movie like dialogue that i'll get to when i talk about it but here are some ones that aren't specifically mentioned or i did, at least didn't write down from the movie um just from life in general apparently darwin's origin of species was published in 1859 and all those numbers add up to that date 
uh, that year adds up to 23. Uh, when you divide 2 by 3, you get 0.666 recurring, and obviously 666, uh, famously the, the spooky number. Uh, let me see what else. The number of Satan. Yeah. Uh, and the bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima was apparently dropped at 815, and 8 plus 15 is 23. Uh according to like the most accurate historical accounts it's said that caesar was stabbed 23 times when he was assassinated um 9-11 you mentioned from that parody trailer but 9-11 the date actually does add up to 23 um shakespeare apparently was born his birthday was the 23rd of april which he also then died on his 52nd birthday on the 23rd of april Apparently, Kurt Cobain, both his death year and his uh, birth year, add up to 23. Interesting. Um, apparently, the human's bi human biological rhythm runs for about a 23-day cycle before restarting. Uh, the Oklahoma City bombing took place on 419, and 4 plus 19 is 23. Uh, there are 23 uh, letters in George Herbert Walker Bush... Um, so, I mean, pretty telling, honestly, uh, you know, and, uh, I, I found, I thought of one last night that I hypothesized for myself. Um, Jim Carrey is, um, famously, uh, he hasn't said anything on specifically on COVID, but this was all before he was kind of famously, uh, an anti-vax person, at least in the late 2010s. Um, I don't, I'm assuming he still is to some degree. I don't know. He hasn't said contrary. But uh, I, I realized that if you take um, Jim Carrey's name, James W. Carey, uh, and add, hold on, let me make sure I say, yeah, J, um, James, oh, not E, uh, not W, James E. Carey is 12 letters, and the phrase anti-vaccine is 11 letters, and 11 plus 12 is 23. So, I mean, it's all coming together, you know what I'm saying? God, I'm just imagining you with a wall behind you, like Pepe Sylvia, just yeah. trying to like, just circling, just anti-vaccine Jim Carrey in 23 Circle. And you just sat there all night like, how do I connect these? Listen, I do my research for this show. This is important to me, and I, I research diligently. Um, so, I mean... Not saying that Jim Carrey is anti-vax because of the number 23, but all I can say is that Jim Carrey started espousing anti-vax views after this movie came out. Uh, and like I said, um, not, not like immediately after, but just generally after the movie, um, you know, in the frame of his life. Uh, so, you know, I'm just saying, uh, step aside QAnon because I'm, I'm starting to think number 23 is the, is the real you know, key to everything. I, I, I looked for some more. I could not, I could not con conjure or, or, or create any sort of connection, at least not in the 20 minutes I took trying to do it between Ronald Reagan and the number 23. 
Um, so if someone wants to write, well, he already the has show, the six six six. Yeah, I mean, he has six 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 letters in each of his names. But uh, so I mean, it, that's more of a stretch. But uh, if anyone wants to figure out some other way, like I did, like uh, you know, how old he was when he took office minus fortieth forty because he was the fortieth president. Like I tried a bunch of different stuff, but none of them came to uh, to twenty three. So if someone wants to try to figure out some way to connect him uh, for fun. Uh, uh, tweet at uh the podcast twitter and i'll retweet you anyway uh, i just thought of one yeah wh- uh, what is it donald trump jr QAnon adds up to 23 letters oh, i have wow. to really stretch that one wow really it does just QAnon does. or q anonymous just q uh, just q anon uh, well, i tried I mean, to add up donald works. trump and q anon and it was 21 i believe oh uh, okay well i mean there you go maybe maybe the good old Junior is uh, is behind QAnon. Actually, I should have tried John F. Kennedy Junior. Fuck. Made that one too. Um, those are all ones about from general life, but here are some interesting ones specifically regarding the movie. I don't know if these were some of them seem like they were planned intentionally, but some might have just been weird coincidence. But um, so Jim Carrey was paid exactly twenty three million to be in this movie. <laughs> This is the 20- Oh, really? Do you think that one might be planned? Oh, well, yeah. Do you think that one might have been planned? That one, obviously, but there are other ones in here where I don't know if they planned it or not or if it's just coincidence. Um, this is the 23rd project that Joel Schumacher directed. Um, the DVD, they made sure it contained exactly 23 chapters. Um, <laughs> I think that one's also a pretty... Probably. The DVD length is exactly 141.08. And 14 plus 1 plus 8 is 23. So that's interesting. Is it uh, different than the regular movie length? I don't know. It specifically says DVD length, so I don't know if that's including that's, something that's else. That's a strange way of putting it. Um, let's see. Apparently, the so this is the first time, or the, the second time Jim Carrey and Joel Schumacher worked together um, since Batman Forever. And... Um, Let's see. Apparently, in Batman Forever, the Riddler, played by Carrie, uh, used um, numbers to represent letters of the alphabet. And the specific numbers he used were 1, 8, and 5. Um, and apparently, Batman figured out that 1 and 8 were meant to be 18, and 18 plus 5 equals 23. So, uh, <laughs> the let's see, what else? Um the film was re- this- Joel Schumacher knew he was going to make this movie back in 1990 maybe <laughs> 1990 whatever yeah he, he was really planning ahead futurist if you may yeah. another intentional may one uh this it was released on the 23rd of February uh let's see what else um at the time of his death uh Schumacher had made exactly uh, 23 theatrical releases so this was the 23rd project I I'm assuming if you include non-theatrical films but overall when he died it was 23 um, let's see um, I know there were a couple other ones the, okay so IMDB lists the movie as the number 23 2007 and if you take 23 or 2 plus 3 plus 2 plus 0 0 plus 7 equals 14 and then there are 9 letters in the number and 14 plus 9 equals 23 so again that adds up weirdly um the two main actors uh jim carrey and virginia madsen without their middle names just jim carrey and virginia madsen 
the number of those letters adds up to 23. And Fate doesn't care about metal names. Apparently, apparently, the original lady who was cast as the wife character had to drop out. But then Virginia Madsen stepped in, and then her plus Jim Carrey equals 23. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, what else? Um, uh, oh, yeah. The names Jim Carrey and Joel Schumacher also add up to be 23. So that's pretty good. Um, I think that seems like all the main ones I wanted to cover. I'm, I'm on the uh, – this is all on the um, Wikipedia or the uh, IMDb trivia section. Um, uh, also, I will say I'm not spoiling it for myself, but I'm looking at the uh, poster on on Letterbox right now. Oh, it's a great poster. <laughs> I, I just noticed the speech bubble next to his mouth where he wrote "help." Yeah, there, there's a scene where his character has that, and it's never really explained. Like, besides being generally like, cra- he's crazy, and he's having a breakdown, so he wrote "help" in a speech bubble on his face. <laughs> what a that sounds like something the mask would do like that just sounds like a goofy thing that would appear in in one of the mask movies i I know i said one of them there were only two of them and jim carrey was only in one of them um anyway that's i don't think uh, anyone wants to remember the second one either yeah yeah. so those are all those are all the main ones uh but 23 both in both in the real world and in this movie but uh, it's definitely like a uh, popular uh, numerology number uh, existing outside of this film. Um, so yeah, a lot of interesting stuff there. All I'm saying is, uh, you know, just watch out because you know I might start my own sort of QAnon thing, but where it's specifically about the number twenty-three and uh, cash in big on it. You know, I'll I... sell merchandise. I mean, like. We're joking around here, but the obvious thing to say, like, from, like, a, a cynical, like, non-jokey perspective is the fact that if you look for fucking anything... Well, yeah, I mean, it's obviously, like, confirmation bias. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's confirmation bias, but, you know, I... I, I could I, say the fact that, like, a lot of Boston sports teams win a lot of championships just proves that Boston is the is the is God's favorite city. Like, that doesn't prove anything. It just confirmation by it because i i i like a thing yeah well and a and, good thing and, happened and if you were to say that i would ask well uh you know have you ever actually been to boston as a example of why it's not god's favorite city because pu <laughs> i but i think i would say i think god i think if it was god's favorite city it wouldn't be planned like absolute garbage and impossible to get it's, around and filled with the worst drivers in the world. It's God's favorite city if you're white. <laughs> Isn't it, like, still illegal to be, like, not white in the city of Boston? Hey, <laughs> listen. The Celtics are allowed to not... <laughs> they were white until, like, 2000. I don't think a black person was allowed to play on the Celtics until, like, 2000. I won't be defensive on that point. Literally, the Celtics were one of the few people to tra- was were the only team to want to draft Bill Russell because and the most teams didn't want to because he was black. And oh, that was okay. in the 60s. Fine. Whatever. All I'm... Okay, listen. All I'm saying is I'm about to get on that 23 grift, okay? I'm going to make a Twitter account, anonymous Twitter account, and start up that 23 conspiracy theory before you know it i'm gonna go the opposite i'm gonna go for for like the libs and the dims i'm gonna get them 23 on the 23 grift it's gonna be like a counter thing to true to uh to a q um so it'll be good you post you post on 
you post on Facebook instead of 4chan? Yeah, I mean, they love Facebook. Facebook and, and, and Twitter. I'll make I was it... trying to think of a place that a lot of moms would post. Yeah. Oh, Pinterest. You... Oh, <laughs> You're yeah. the first Pinterest conspiracy account. <laughs> nice. Good idea. So just look out. Keep Keep an eye out for that, Emily and fans of the podcast. Uh, I like the idea of like you're obsessed with the number twenty three, but you're also just weirdly into Jim Carrey for no reason. Like just because he was in the movie, like you think he has something to do with it. Yeah. Well, also apparently Jim Carrey, even before this movie, was just like obsessed with the number twenty three in life. Apparently, in general, he or like at least was semi interested in it. So I don't know how much he actually is obsessed with it, or if that was just like a you know fun fact they wanted to add for like the trivia. But who knows. Anyway, those are the those are all my fun facts about the movie and about the number twenty three. Uh, so you know, just watch out for my new conspiracy theory dropping soon. All right, Emily, my friend. Like, are you ready to learn about this movie? Uh, I don't know. Is this going? To, is this knowledge going to haunt me forever until it may? I, uh... It may change your life. It may may rock your world. It may. Will they be after me once I know? Yeah, it, I. You know, you, I, I, all I'm saying is uh, listen at your own risk, and that goes for the the listener too. Uh, not just Emily. I mean, all I'm saying is, you know, don't be surprised if in a week you wake up and you're in the capital mole children mines underneath Washington, D.C., where all the mole children dwell. You know what I'm saying? That's a new one. That's a new one, admittedly. <laughs> You've never heard about the mole children? Oh, I, 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 I assumed you were mixing conspiracy theories, but now I honestly believe that could totally be a thing. It's not related to the number 23, but there's like a part of QAnon about like mole children under the dc capital that that's fucking amazing it's it it, i'm not i it's the most outlandish thing i've seen QAnon believe just from like a fix from like a fantastical point of view but they believe there are like underground children that have never seen the light of day underneath the capital so they have dubbed them mole children i feel like the when you're able to outdo they're putting estrogen in the water you, you may have reached a point where it's gone a little too far. Estrogen in the water. I wish. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm right? Am I right? Am I right, ladies? Listen, Trans I ate ladies. like 20 of those impossible offers, and I gotta tell you, I'm disappointed. I, I only grew six boobs. Listen, I, 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 only, I only gained six pounds, not boobs. Listen, uh, yeah, so, um,. I'm, you know, are, are you think you can handle this information I'm about to give you? Can you, can you, are you ready for your life to be turned upside down by this number 23 info? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I've had a bunch of newspapers, red yarn, and push pins in, in my closet for years and just no, no excuse to use them. It, it, I think it's finally time. Okay, that's good. I'm glad, glad you're, glad you're stocked up already. So, um... As with last time, I've kind of tried to take more streamlined, shorter notes, um, but uh, I mainly wrote down things that really caught my eye, starting with, I don't remember why I wrote this down. Oh, the opening credits are like, uh, you know, like, 
you know, typewritten font with, like, you know, redacted things, and it's all these, like, sort of what I was just reading off a minute ago about, like, you know, weird 23 facts about, you know, like, George W. Bush and, you know, Darwin and all that kind of stuff. And I just wrote down on my notes, 23 is the spooky number. <laughs> uh, and then, well, then it zooms out, and the title sequence and all this text you've been seeing about the number 23 all actually makes out a giant 23. How I bet. Ooh. No one has ever done that technique in filmmaking ever. It's De- completely definitely. new. Definitely. No one has ever made a bunch of smaller things turn into a much <laughs> larger thing. Very related to it for a title sequence. I'm very proud of Joel Schumacher. You know, it's almost like a movie is a bunch of small things that make a larger thing. If you think about it. True. If you think about it, uh, really the frames of a movie are just like the number 23. Well, and, and what what speed frames per second does the movie play at? It twenty four. <laughs> people well, well, people say twenty four, but what it actually plays at is uh, like twenty three point nine something. So, I mean, on digital cameras, that's what it that's what it actually records as. So, you know, just saying. Uh, anyway, the movie opens up uh, with uh, it. It shows introduces us to Jim Carrey's character who is a works for like animal control as a dog catcher uh and you know so he's like sitting in his like animal control dog catcher like van that looks like a ups truck one of those types of uh trucks uh his job the way he goes about his job we don't see a lot of it in the movie because obviously he goes down this whole conspiracy thing and it's not a movie about his job but like the way he's portrayed as like a animal control person is very like uh 1950s cartoon dog catcher (laughs) like (laughs) running around with a giant net uh and uh we're do you think if he ever committed a crime it'd be investigated by ace ventura well that's the thing a lot of this movie he is acting as a detective um and he is a he is a pet person so i mean in a way in a way this is a this is a third ace ventura ace ventura three took a very weird direction i mean but i appreciate the lack of transphobia yeah i mean (laughs) honestly it's an improvement uh i'm 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 glad they took the series in this new direction i mean i i really know nothing about those movies besides the, the 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 rampant transphobia but uh i'm sure if someone who's a big fan of those movies could make the case that this is a secret sequel to those movies Oh, well, those movies are high art. Uh, there's a moment where he comes out of a rhino's ass. Um, I've heard. I'm sure it rival. I'm sure only rivaled by the scene. It's basically Persona. I, I I'm sure that scene is only rivaled by the uh, that one Sasha Baron Cohen movie where he comes out of an elephant's like butt or something or penis. There's a scene in a Sasha Baron Cohen movie. That one he did. I'm with, assuming he's the butt. That... that one with Jason Statham where where it's like not a hidden camera movie but I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure he like comes out of the one no spot. one wants to remember yeah anyway uh so jim carrey's like monologuing like narration while he's in this truck and he's like uh my life went to shit this was the day it happened blah 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 he there's this weird part where he's he's sitting in his truck and this old lady's walking her dog and he like meows at the dog so that it gets mad and then the old lady's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so obvi- uh, right away, weird, weirdo character. Um, and then he has like, he, so he, ch- he ends up getting a call right before he's supposed to get off work because he, the, the dispatch lady, animal control doesn't like him. And he's like, that's how this all actually happened is because I was mean to her at a Christmas party. So she made me do this thing. 
and go catch this dog, which caused all of this to happen. So he's called to like a Chinese restaurant to like catch this stray mean dog in the alleyway behind it. And he does this weird, he's like, he's like talking to the dog, trying to like make it calm so he can coax it to like get up close and like, you know, catch it. And he gives this weird monologue about like the dog getting like eaten because Chinese people eat dogs and it's really weird and <laughs> not great. Uh, That's but, what my thriller needs, racism. Yeah, it was, it was very, very straight, real bold going for that in the opening 10 minutes. Uh, anyway, um, the dog ends up like biting him and runs off. So he like chases after the dog with like a tranquilizer gun. Uh, meanwhile, his wife, uh, who's waiting for it to be picked up after work, um, ends up walking into the bookstore next door to her cake shop, and that's where she finds this book called, you know, The Number 23, a novel of obsession by Topsy Kretz. Now, do you hear the immediate pun? Topsy Kretz? How is secrets spelled? <laughs> to- no, it's Topsy Kretz. And immediate- Who the fuck is named Topsy? <laughs> yeah, but it, get it? It's like Topsy Kretz. Topsy Kretz. I would have loved if instead it was like Topsy Crest. Yeah. Um, but, you know, immediately it's like, oh, that's Top Secrets. But it's, you know, like a play on words. But the characters don't realize this until about another hour into the movie. Um, anyway. Uh, she- Wait, I'm sorry. That's a reveal? Yeah, it's a reveal about an hour in. Uh, but even though it's readily apparent right away. Anyway, the wife buys this book for him on his birthday because she's bored and waiting in this bookshop. Also, this is his birthday. The day the movie starts is February 3rd, 2023. Uh, so Jim Carrey is, meanwhile, uh, you know, chasing after this dog. Um, he eventually it loses it, and so he ends up picking up his wife. She gives him the book. And he's reading the book uh, and starting to be like, oh, this is weird. And um, I I wrote down that at one point the wife, while he's reading the book, like sneaks up on him and says the line, filling yourself with nonsense, are you? Which is just the most awkward, like no human talks like that line. Um, but it anyway, sounds like a line from the berries and cream uh, skittles. <laughs> yeah, guy. it's very like old Victorian, like filling yourself up with nonsense, are you? <laughs> but it's uh, spoken by a, a modern character in a modern world, so uh, definitely out of place. Great, great line from The Witcher. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so Jim Carrey starts reading this number twenty-three book, and the opening chapters are all about some guy narrating how like he wanted to become a detective as a kid because he stumbled upon some dead lady in the house next door, um, and Jim Carrey is starting to like be like, uh, oh, this mirrors my childhood because you know I wanted to be a detective and I you know found a lady you know. I found my mom had killed herself much in the same way this character found the lady next door and it just seems all so similar and you know all this but his wife's like just keep reading because apparently she read the whole book while she was waiting for him and she was like just keep waiting because you'll see how unlike him you are because he the main character is bad um so this leads into um so in the in the like fiction sequences of when jim carrey's reading the book he also plays the main character in the book um uh who 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 is a detective 
um, in like a kind of noirish sort of way. Uh, and like the whole world of this novel as it's portrayed in the movie, that's where you get your camp because it's very like 2007, like hard rock uh, aesthetic sort of to speak. Uh, specifically, like we get a scene of detective character jim carrey and he's like wet in the rain and a trench coat smoking and like a building's on fire in the background and then he has like sex with his like hot girlfriend and he has like tribal tattoo on his shoulder so it's like it's like if sin city without any of the style mixed with like triple x yeah it's like sin city meets triple x basically yeah that's a really good way to put it actually so it's like super like edgy like cool like rock music video 2007 but with Um, none of the weird charm yeah it's just very like awkward and like laughably like try hard um so you know detective jim carrey in this fiction book uh the number 23 he ends up getting called to this hot lady's apartment who when he gets there apparently he's been called as a detective because she's going to commit suicide um, I don't know why you'd call a detective for that, but, uh, um, I need someone to investigate why I'm sad. Yeah. She's literally like standing on a chair with a noose around her neck when Jim Carrey shows up at this apartment and he's like, she, she's like, don't come any closer or I'll do it. And Jim Carrey basically like, uh, sexies his way, um, up to her and convinces her not to, ju- not to hang herself with his sexiness and cool detective bad boyness. Um, and so this hot girl's apartment's like covered in like paper so that it's all the walls and everything are like covered in paper uh, as if she's like taped or stuck all this paper on the wall, but it's all blank. Um, anyway, uh, she starts, she ends up like revealing to him. She tears down all the paper and everything and basically says like, she's obsessed with this number 23 and starts explaining it and how like, you know, her name adds up to that and her favorite color, uh, the numbers of letters in the two her favorite color is pink and how the number of letters in like red and blue add up to 23 or something. I don't know. Uh, and then, um, I'm also confused how, a, how an adult has a favorite color that they yeah, still are obsessed with. Hey, look, okay. It's, it's, it's in like a shitty, like detective novel. So that's the least, that's the least like hard to buy thing. But, uh, anyway, um, basically, uh, you know, it's this, uh, you know, edgy thing, and, you know, the detective character thinks he, like, has convinced her not to kill herself, and next thing he knows, as he's walking out of the building, she jumps and splats in front of the street, um, right in front of him, and the way, like, the body falls from the window, it's very, like, CGI, like, uh, corpse hitting the sidewalk, very awkward, like, body CGI mechanics. Um, anyway, so because of all this, he's been reading in the book, real life uh character jim carrey starts seeing the number 23 everywhere Uh, like his name adds up to 23 his birthday obviously his um time of birth adds up to 23 their address uh adds up to 23 uh meanwhile in the book uh detective character jim carrey is having like edgy sex uh, with his like hot girlfriend like he's like handcuffing her to the bed and she's like I want you to pretend like you have a knife and and cut me with it uh, and it's very very uh you know 2007 BDSM you versus the guy that she tells you not to worry about very much yeah like the the detective Jim Carrey like in the book has like slicked back hair and he's in like a trench coat and like like bu- 
open like open collar button down shirt and obviously i said he has like a big like tribal tattoo on his shoulder then then the real life uh jim carrey in the movie he's like floppy hair like he's like he's like the, his character from eternal sunshine got even more like pathetic and suburbanite um, i like the idea like this possible idea of like he's reading this book of like this version of himself having hot sex with this random woman yeah and like looking for clues in the number 23 and like his wife comes in and is like hey want to have sex and he's just like not now i'm doing research into the number 23 you say that but there are some scenes that kind of exactly play out like that um (laughs) basically like the parallel yeah well basically because of the stuff like that his wife um has him go speak to their like her mutual friend who's like uh you know i just wrote down doctor professor because he's like a professor like unspecified professor at some unspecified college or something and jim carrey goes and talks to him about the number 23 and the professor is basically like oh it's a self-fulfilling prophecy but you know there are you know a lot of weird coincidences with the number of 23 and he mentions specifically that apparently you know so your total number of chromosomes you have you get 23 from each parent uh your blood is uh takes 23 seconds to circulate um the mayans of course their date was uh 2012 12 12 which um adds up to uh 23 if you do it individually by the numbers and then the earth's axis is at 23.5 um and he says but what's five it five is um when you when you try to divide five at five it's 2.3 so all these you know again things but the 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 doctor professor is basically like you know it's all in your head it's just confirmation bias type of a thing um and meanwhile in the uh, universe of the book the detective character is like going crazy because of the 23 thing that the suicide girl got him hooked on and it's causing him to have like you know uh nightmares and stuff about murdering his girlfriend um so he goes and talks to like the department psychologist for the police uh i wanted to i wrote this down specifically because i did think it was cool there's one scene where the detective character is speaking to the like department psychologist and the set is like a you know room in a police station but like all the like the two walls you see are like lined with file cabinets like completely lined with file cabinets and the room is extra like long and stretched out and then like the desk the little desk they're like talking at must be on some sort of platform because as they talk in the shot they like dolly the desk so it's like the room is like eternally like stretching out as they're talking and it's actually like a really cool visual and like practical like shot for that they pull off and i thought was really cool uh compared to the rest of this movie which is very much like i said 2007 rock music video uh so so it sounds like to me like that sounds like a stretch that would have made like this movie kind of work in a weird surrealistic like but that's the only time you said william s burroughs like if you made this like a in the style of like a naked lunch yeah that's uh, the problem that's the only yeah that's the only time they do like a weird thing like that though the rest of it is like you know shitty music video but Um, it sounds like a good way to take this because this plot doesn't seem very salvageable unless you make it completely bonkers yeah no if they would have gone like really stylized and like you know you know expressionist and everything that would have been cool like this one scene Uh, it's very much like you know the dolly thing that uh spike lee does 
It's kind of like that, except on like a two shot or like a, uh, you know, back and forth uh, between two people talking. Um, So, yeah, definitely. I I wish there would have been more of that. Uh, Basically, in the meanwhile, the detective gets like, um, you know, like put on paid. Of course, he's a cop. So he gets put on paid leave from the department uh, because of these psychological issues. Again, that's the unbelievable. That's the most fictitious part is that they would actually tell him to put be on leave for psychological issues usually they just give him an extra gun yeah but uh basically the girlfriend in the book doesn't want to have sex anymore because he no longer is like powerful <laughs> it's really weird he's she's like oh so you don't have a gun anymore and you're not a real detective well i don't want to have sex with you and she leaves um and uh the detective character um also i forgot to mention he plays saxophone and he's, there's a shot where he's like he's like dramatically like playing the saxophone while staring out a rainy window in his apartment. <laughs> it's like the most like cliche like detective shit. Um, but he also finds out that he's getting cucked by the uh, psychologist guy because now the girlfriend is uh, is like going out and and ho- hooking up with the psychologist guy. So that makes uh, the detective character really uh, upset, obviously. Meanwhile, um, in real life, Jim Carrey, because of the book, he starts to get paranoid that his wife is cheating on him with the doctor professor guy because he thinks, you know, obviously the professors told her that I'm crazy and now they're going to hook up. And, you know, the book's influencing his real thinking, obviously, you know, as as the as the narrative of this kind of thing goes. Uh, So Um, what I mean, that does have like a sort of similarity. I'm sorry to keep interrupting. No, you're fine. Uh. There's, like, an interesting, like, element to that and, like, the fact of, like, that is a real thing of, like, the more you, like, the more, if someone's susceptible to that line of thought, the more you tell them, like, people are coming to, like, like, this is, this is something you can't know, this is something that a person knows, the more they will believe it, and that's not, that's not someone being, like, that's someone being taken advantage of. Yeah. And that is a real, like, that's a real psychological thing. And it's interesting to see this movie kind of portray that. Yeah, it's doing in the, it in the most shallow way possible. Uh, most shallow and slightly, like, disrespectful to people who actually have... No, not even slightly, very disrespectful. Yeah, it's this movie's very much like um, a movie that uh, that uh, the uh, fictional um, twin brother Donald Kaufman would write in, like, uh, an adaptation. It's very much it's like... a sequel to The Four. Yeah, it's very much like trying to, like, write, like, a, like, edgy, like, thriller by, like, you know, it's really pulling out all of the, like, cliche, like, oh, look at that, it's, it's like a parallel and symbolism type thing. Um, so, yeah, anyway, uh, you know, Jim Carrey is all frustrated and upset because of that, and, you know, the 23 thing is still making him all paranoid so he just like kind of leaves for the night and is like i'll be back i'm gonna figure this out uh so he goes and stays at this like shitty hotel downtown that he just ends up at at happenstance and of course he decides to stay in room 23 um meanwhile he finishes reading the book in this hotel room uh where the uh detective 
a character murders the girlfriend and then frames the psychologist because apparently the psychologist is like stupid enough to just walk into the room, see that the girlfriend has been murdered and pick up the murder weapon knife that's sitting on the bed. And because his fingerprints are on the knife. I wonder and, what this is. Yeah. And, well, and then, then the, uh, then the police kick in the door and the, 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 uh, murder, the psychologist guy is standing there with the knife and they're like, obviously he did it. So they arrest him. Uh, and the book literally ends with the detective, like standing on the edge of the balcony of his, of, a, of his, like room or whatever uh whether or not we kill he kills himself we don't know and the book just ends on chapter 22 um almost as if it's unfinished so i, I will say that is actually a dude that would actually be a decent idea for like an ending to the idea of like an incomplete but i know this movie fucks it up somehow and also i like the fact that the they treat the murder in the same way that like ace attorney treats the murder where they're like hey you were at the scene you probably did it yeah yeah it's very uh very both dumb on the on the person who just picks up a murder weapon they find and also on oh yeah that being enough evidence to to convict on um so jim carrey finishes the book and he's obviously like frustrated because it doesn't have any answers that he wanted uh but out from the hotel he sees the dog that um he was chasing in the beginning of the movie and so he chases after this dog again he winds up in a cemetery where he winds up finding out that all of this these circumstances from the book actually happened and there was a girl that was murdered and you know the guy they arrested for it the guy they arrested for it was the was her psychology professor and so jim carrey is now convinced that uh everything that happened in this book that was real and despite pleading ignorance like on trial and everything he thinks that this book is the secret confession of this uh guy they they have in prison uh this psychology professor so he goes and visits this this guy he thinks is the author of the book and the uh the killer of this girl but this guy former psychology professor is complete you know completely denies it and is like i don't know what you're talking about um and so Jim Carrey is, you know, really upset. At this point, this is finally the point when they realize that Top Secrets stands for Top Secrets. Uh, the um, Jim. I'm just Car- imagining it as like one of those moments in like a hacking movie where like all the letters like start moving around and respelling <laughs> itself. I wish. like it's just like, oh my. God god uh so jim carrey comes to the conclusion that because the guy in prison uh doesn't seem not to know anything he's like oh it must be that the real killer and author is still out there and um the son played by logan lerman again um is like actually i found i think i figured out a way to find the real author because i found like a secret page that was like glued to another page in the book and it had a p.o box address on it so to try to find this guy they send 23 empty box like cardboard boxes they ship 23 empty cardboard boxes to this p.o box uh and then stake it out in their car (laughs) um why don't they just send i don't i i have no clue I don't know. Also, I like the weirdness of, like, being a dad who's, like, really into the conspiracy theory and be like, you know what? I think this is really dangerous and important. Let me let my son know about this. Well, it's like all three family members are, have, like, read the whole book and are, like, really into it, which is really weird. I How guess it, old is the son, by the way? Because like he's a prepubescent, you said? So he's, he's, like, like a, 11 he, years old? No, no, he's, like, a he's like an early teenager, like, 14 or... I say prepubescent, but, like, he's probably, like, 13 or 14. 
that's still weird for a 13 year old to be reading a pulp novel with like as you said like a very graphic sex yeah scene. like lots of graphic sex and murder and stuff and like and ha- i'm just imagining this dad just walking up being like this all really happened read this pornographic t- yeah. detective novel son so anyway anyway jim the- carrey's a great dad yeah it's a good good family dynamic in this film anyway it's also un- unvaccinated too yeah so they stake out the p.o box in their car they see an old man uh come in and you know to to get all this to to the p.o box so they run in jim carrey like accuses him and the old man's like uh you know shocked by this uh, and tries to attack Jim Carrey at first with, like, the box cutter he was going to open the box with, but then, like, flees after not succeeding, uh, and then he takes the box cutter and, like, slits his own throat uh, as Jim Carrey is trying to, like, get answers out of him. Uh, the wife is like, no, leave, go home, I'll take care of this, you know, I'll, I'll call, you know, I'll, be, I'll stay here with him, you need to go, this is all too much, take our son home. <laughs> uh, but... While that, while she does this, she with his dying breaths, she realizes that this guy was a former, um, like psychiatrist at a um, like mental institute that is abandoned, and so the wife enters this abandoned mental institute. Meanwhile, um, also, I just want to check. So the son saw a man slit his own throat. Well, it's 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 unclear because the son was kind of like standing back as Jim Carrey like chased down the guy fleeing and the guy didn't slit his throat till Jim Carrey like had him on the floor um like pinned down like like at the other side of the store so I don't know if the son actually saw the throat slitting or not it's not it's not explicitly shown I guess my point is more like maybe you shouldn't have gotten your kid in this yeah, weird I conspiracy mean, yeah thing. that's never that 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 whole moral dilemma of getting your kid involved in this is never brought up uh, I like the idea of, like, this child may have just witnessed a man die to keep a secret, like, in front of his own eyes, and he's just like, well, gotta keep going. Yeah. So, <laughs> the wife investigates the abandoned mental institute. She ends up finding, like, the room where this guy, former doctor, was living out of, which, you know, just, like, in a completely, like, disheveled little room that he was living in, where all the walls are, like, you know, scrawled with the number 23 and, you know, weird, you know, esoteric stuff. Um, and she also finds, like, a, f- a footlocker that, that has um, an initial and the, their last name on it, like Jim Carrey's character's last name. And right as she's about to open it, though, um, we see, like, someone That's emerge. That's the weirdest product placement ever. <laughs> <laughs> not footlocker, like, not the store, like, the thing you store things <laughs> in. I'm so sorry. Like, you put it at the foot of your bed, like a footlocker. <laughs> I, for some reason, I thought this was, like, the scene of, like, a movie. Like, she's just in a mall. No. I forgot where she was. Um, and right as she's about to open this, like, box, uh, we see, like, a shadowy character, like, emerge into the room. Um, and we don't see what happens. Meanwhile, Jim Carrey and the son realize that every 23rd word of the book, um, is, like is like you know making a coherent sentence that basically is telling jim carrey and like calls him out by his last name to go and dig in this park near their house under the last like a specific number of steps um in the park 
which they do. They end up finding a body that's like buried under that step. And so they go to like an emergency call box, call the police. But by the time the cops arrive, the body has mysteriously vanished from the hole they dug. Um, meanwhile, uh, the wife shows up at this scene with, in the car of this doctor psych, doctor, uh, professor man. Um, and that Jim Carrey is suspicious about that. Uh, basically because they didn't find a body or anything, they decide to all go home. Jim Carrey is, uh, sees the dog again that he keeps trying to catch. And he's so pissed off that he decides he like guns it in the car with the full intention to run it over. But at the last second breaks and, uh, and doesn't kill the dog. <laughs> um, but because of the, because of this though, his wife had grabbed his, his shoulder in the car and he sees that his wife's hands have dirt on them. Um, so now he believes that the wife is the one who moved the skeleton from the grave. So he confronts his wife in the kitchen and he accuses her of being the one that wrote the book. Uh, but the wife basically denies that she wrote the book. She admits that her and the professor moved the body for some reason. Uh, and she won't tell why, um, but she denies writing the book. And basically this all leads to Jim Carrey finding out via the wife the real, the real reveal of the mystery. Who wrote the book? Jim Carrey wrote the book. I fucking knew that was gonna be the twist. And, and the, that's such a bad twist. The I was like, what's the worst twist that could could have been? Yeah, the box the wife found at the abandoned mental place was the box of Jim Carrey related items, which apparently, basically everything that happened in the book. Um, you know, happened in a way, uh, or at least, uh, sorry, we don't find that out. We just find out, we find that she finds the manuscript in this box that has his actual name on it and not top secrets. Uh, the, the, also in this box of things is a saxophone, um, which apparently he played and like detective comics all with like covers and themes relating to like stuff that's directly in this book. Jim Carrey is now kind of in like a state of like, he just doesn't know what's real and what's not. He ends up back at that hotel that he stayed at, specifically in room 23, and he realizes the peeling wallpaper. He rips it off and scrawled all over the walls, much like that other guy's room, is, is the truth of the situation. Um, basically, that everything in the book sort of happened in a way, you know, like his childhood, much like the book. His, his mother killed, him, killed herself, and then his father uh, killed himself. Later on, though, Jim Carrey's at college. He meets a girl that he likes. However, the um, girl is end up ends up uh, like uh, cheating on him with the psychology professor that she has. Um, and so, you know, Jim Carrey, you know, accuses her of this and everything and threatens her with a knife. And the girl doesn't say this exactly, but she's like, oh, you don't have the balls to kill me. You know, basically, what are you going to do? Stab me? Which uh, he then does. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so he murders his, his college girlfriend, uh, but he like places everything on the scene so that then when the psychology professor guy walks into the apartment and sees the dead body, this real life psychology professor picks up the bloody knife that's on the bed. The cops rush in and convict him of it. Like, and he, that's the guy he went and visited in prison. Somehow he didn't recognize Jim Carrey. I don't know why. Like, I don't know. And I don't know why no one thought to question or accuse Jim Carrey, but apparently this plan went off without a hitch. 
um, where the psychology professor was accused of the murder. Uh, Jim Carrey hid the girl's body and no one ever found it under that step. Jim Carrey went crazy because of all this and went to that hotel room and was going to just write a suicide note before he killed himself, but then it turned into this whole book, this whole fictional retelling of his crime. Um, And Jim Carrey finished this book and jumped out the window and with trying to kill himself but he apparently survived that and he gets taken to the mental institution but he survived the suicide attempt but now he has complete amnesia that they say is oh it must either be from the fall or complete repression because of the things he's done um and so uh the psych the doctor guy we saw that killed himself basically ended up with jim carrey's book Uh, and went crazy on his own and ended up publishing the book. Meanwhile, Jim Carrey is completely rehabilitated at this psych hospital, yet has zero memory of anything former in his life. And he literally meets the wife character the day he is leaving the mental institution. He walks out, and the first thing that happens is he accidentally bumps into his wife, who's bringing a cake down the street, uh, walking down the street with a cake. And apparently they married... They got married and he never addressed his past at all. Apparently never even thought about it. Uh, I want to point out that during this whole thing, uh, there's some top-notch, quote, crazy person acting by Jim Carrey. Uh, specifically when he's in the hotel room writing the book. Uh, That's when he has, like, the speech bubble on his face, and he's doing, he's, like, clawing at the walls and, you know, very much, like, actor trying to, like, portray a crazy person and failing horribly. Um, But, uh, yeah, basically all this happens. You know, Jim Carrey is like, I can't do it anymore. I can't live... I can't live with myself knowing I did this. He tries to run in front of a bus, but at the last second, because his son calls out to him, he steps back, uh, leading all to uh, Jim Carrey, you know, basically like uh, deciding to live, confessing his crimes to the falsely accused psychology professors let out of prison. Uh, And now Jim Carrey's in prison, um, but he's, you know, hoping one day he'll get parole and, you know, he seems more positive now. And at the last second, though, he looks up at the clock in the prison and it reads, you know, the time on the clock is like, you know, 2.15, so 2.3 with the hands. Uh, and he's like, oh, but is reality real? Ooh. The end. Very much um, uh, uh, film student's first screenplay. <laughs> I I have to look up. I, I have to look up the experience of the writer behind this. There I, is no... I, you're right. This really does sound like something. Uh, this is his only movie that makes okay. so much sense. Yeah, I, I he didn't even have a Wikipedia page. Fernley Phillips, that uh, writer producer known for the number twenty three, the number twenty three focus points, and the making of the number twenty three. <laughs> this dude thought he had written such like a clever like amazing script like on the level of like seven or something and he turned this in <laughs> and then it's just I, like it really you were so right this is totally a donald kaufman script this it, is totally the the is it the three or the four it's the three it's the, the three. three yeah um but yeah that's uh that's the number 23 
That's the that's the number twenty-three. Uh you were about to, were you about to say something, Emily, of what you thought? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh I think that maybe the trailer parody was better. Oh, definitely sounds fun, more entertaining just from a comedy perspective. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's like you're you're entertained because like obviously you want to know the mystery, and then when you find out that it's like this the worst possible like stupidest answer then it's like funny and you're watching the overact jim carrey's like overacting trying to seem like tortured and and crazy and uh so and i mean like i said you have all those like ridiculous campy like try hard like sex scenes where it's in the book world and it's all like uh you know like (laughs) trying like edgy and cool um but yeah, I mean, it's not great. It's definitely like I, I picture like the guy who wrote this. He's just just like some like high bro being like, you know, what would be crazy is like, what if a guy found like a book about a serial killer? But then at the end, he learned that he wrote the book. Whoa. I, I will say I did look at the letterbox page again. And I want to point out the most recent review because I think it really highlights something very funny. Yeah. Uh, the review is from a user by the name of Aliker, uh-huh. A-L-E-H-C-R-E, and the review just says, A friend of mine 10 years ago, af- 10 years after we watched it, still talks about how she sees 23 everywhere, <laughs> and she's persecuted. <laughs> Listen, the number, the two most persecuted people online are, are journalists who support Israel and people who believe the number 23 is everywhere. Excuse me, and gamers. And gamers. Listen, you find me someone who believes all three of those things, that person is the most oppressed person I, ever. I, I like the idea of, like, this gaming YouTuber who's, like, like the quartering type guy, uh-huh. but all the posters on his wall are just different the posters for the number 23. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just surrounded by different, like, different language versions of the post again such a beautiful poster it's like jim carrey fell asleep at a party and all his friends to prank him wrote on his face i i wanted to say like i looked through the crew set the crew page and i just looked and i went do you think the makeup person did this like do you think they were like really proud of like how much it looks like someone wrote with pen yeah in a very painful fashion on someone's head I want to. I, I want to know if I, they actually wrote all that on his face, or if that's all like digitally added. Uh, it's actually a tattoo. Uh, he wears makeup all the time oh, to cover wow. it up, but it's it's permanent actually. I mean, I knew he, the trivia said he actually believed in this twenty three stuff, but I didn't realize it went that far. Imagine like watching a documentary, and it just that's what his face looks like all the time now. Like you're just like <laughs> watching Jim and Andy, and he's just yeah. talking, but it just says twenty. It just says help with the speech bubble yeah. coming out of his mouth. It's like it's like the Joker damage tattoo, but it's twenty three. Um, I I think that's a, another thing to mention. I guess before we like move on to the end and everything. Uh huh. Uh, I do think it's interesting to look back on it and the fact that like 
not only was Jim Carrey like a big deal in comedy in like the '90s and stuff, like he was like a pretty well respected, yeah, act, like drama actor. Because like you think about it, but like you go like Man on the Moon, uh, Eternal Sunshine, Truman Show. Yeah, I mean he had some really successful. <laughs> he has some good. He has some good performances in like more serious films. I, I, I made a joke about, like, his serious career ending, but I forgot that, like, after, like, like more dramatic career ending, but I mean, like, after this, like, I, I, it is a comedy, but it's more of a weird artsy one. He was in I Love You, Philip Morris. He, I guess this was a while, well, I guess if you count the Christmas Carol movie as less of a comedy, that was an attempt at a more serious that's a whole nother thing though because he's playing like every character and it's that creepy robert zemeckis cgi <laughs> mocap i love that uh that bit from 30 rock where they're try- he's trying to explain the uncanny valley and it's just like he's using it using star wars characters and it's like here's han solo and at the end no at the end is han solo here is c3pl and in this valley is a CGI stormtrooper and Tom Hanks from the Polar Express. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's that's how Christmas Carol. It's the same company. That's how Christmas Carol comes off. Yeah, me. yeah. Um, this movie to me comes off like this. Feels like something I've never watched a full episode, but from what I've just like gained via cultural osmosis, this seems like something that like Joe Rogan would come up with while smoking weed on his podcast. <laughs> It sounds like a Black Mirror episode written by Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow, it really says a lot about society that the killer was inside you all along. Whoa, dude. It it also sounds like a plot that could have happened in uh, Unsolved Mysteries or whatever that show yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> a man With, uh, found a book that, re- that apparently told him the number 23 ruled his life. That man was never seen again. Or what's that show where it's like, uh, it, it's the guy from uh, Star Trek, and it just like oh, factor- just tell you a fake. Yeah, Factor yeah. Fiction. Uh, it yeah. sounds like something from Factor Fiction. Yeah. Where he would be like, there is some truth to the story, but no. Yeah. Like, Sorry, we made that one up. I, <laughs> I'm just, this movie. I get why people don't like it a lot in a way because like yes it does seem like total trash but i'm also surprised that this hasn't become like a cult like i mean listen if you want it sounds like the happening in a way doesn't it like i i don't i feel like the happening has more like okay besides some like jim carrey like acting like a crazy person towards the end and like the weird like edgy cool person like music video type segments in the fiction it's of less the book. bad acting the, yeah stuff. there's less like on the surface bad like it's like a competently made movie like technical and like care and acting wise for the most part it's, it still sounds like one of those movies that they would show to a person to just make them feel like they're like they they're imagining the movie in a way like that kind of thing that you invite friends over just to like gauge their reaction all I can say is if you want to see specifically Joel Schumacher make uh, a uh, a like kind of like edgy like grimy crime thriller, just watch Eight Millimeter with Nicolas Cage that he made in like two thousand one. That's I was actually going to ask how it compares to Eight yeah. Millimeter. I mean, eight, I I actually think Eight Millimeter is decent. It has, it's flawed, but I think it's decent. 
Uh, and it's definitely, it's leagues better than this. This definitely feels like Joel Schumacher trying to do, like, that same kind of thing again, but, like, just... It, it just coming off like falling completely flat eight millimeters definitely like not perfect and flawed but like as like you know crime type thrillers go it's like well made and compelling and you know the it's not like horribly cliched and stupid like this movie is there's no twist about like oh Nicolas Cage was the real murderer the whole time it's basically like Joel Schumacher kind of doing the same thing again but less good and yeah, I mean, I wish it was more campy and more like outwardly bad because as it sits right now, it's definitely fun to watch. And I think there's some fun that can be have watching it and rolling your eyes at things. Excuse me. But, uh, you know, as it goes right now, it's kind of like in the middle of the road where it's not like so bad that it's like laugh out loud funny, but it's obviously not good either. So, I mean, like. I will say, like, the reason why I like it is, is that, this, as we mentioned, the guy who wrote The Dubber 23 literally did nothing else, and the only things he appeared in were supplementals for The Number 23. Yeah, I mean, like, the filmmaking, like, obviously Joel Schumacher is, like, an experienced filmmaker. I think you're right. A lot of it does come down to it just being the most, like, hacky, like, cliche, edgy, like, trying to make a, you know, thriller that blow that bit twists everyone's minds and stuff that's where it really fails it's not the filmmaking and you know there's some acting that comes off bad but it's definitely not the worst acting i've seen but yeah it's definitely the writing <laughs> so i'm i have really curious th to know obviously we can't find it but what this guy is doing now who wrote this movie uh i will say like the reason why i would say like eight millimeter is different obviously is that Ed andrew kevin walker wrote eight millimeter yeah and, the like, guy while he's not the most accomplished screenwriter like seven and Sl and sleepy hollow are not bad yeah like a, a, a in fact seven is like a perfect screenplay in my opinion like it's one of the best yeah like a competent like guy who knows how to write like a well-structured screenplay without like uh just completely cliche ridiculous twists wrote that and this seems to be written by in a complete novice amateur who has never been heard from since hey maybe he and went crazy and he's off in some hotel room writing n numbers on the wall and also i would say like unlike this screenplay from what i i, I will say i actually have not watched eight millimeter yet uh from what i've heard it is a movie that recognizes that it is kind of more ridiculous than it, it gives off in a way yeah, and I mean, like, I, I I would say that's... It, that's it's a smarter important. screenplay than uh, number 23 in the fact that, like, it doesn't think that it's doing anything, like, profound in the thriller-verse, per se. That's that's fair, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's number 23. Not not, not great on the movie. Can't wait for the sequel. The number, <laughs> the 24. number 24. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm... 23-2. They're going to actually do it like Final Fantasy. <laughs> Um, you know, so not a great movie, but I am thankful that it introduced me to this 23, uh, numerology, you know, enigma conspiracy. Cause you know, it's just, it's been like that person you read on letterbox. It's just turned my life upside down. You know, it's really opened my third eye, all this stuff, nine 11, George HW Bush, J Jim Carrey, anti-vax. I mean, it's my mind is open and I'm ready to learn. So. Next episode, Austin's just gonna come back, and you're just gonna be like talking about like weirdo stuff. You're just gonna be like, yeah. So like the elites are drinking their adrenochrome, right? Yeah. And you're just like, 
just like very confused about where you're the, going. The podcast is changing from now on. It's going to be the 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 twenty the twenty three conspiracy hour. I, I I just like to imagine instead of make, you say you're going to make a dedicated account to this. I'm just imagining it's the same exact account as your Twitter account. It's just it looks the exact same except it says Peto Brock twenty three, and that's oh. the only change. It's the at says, it's, but you still have your regular account, so it's like. Your secret account looks the exact same. Yeah, no, that that's fair. Um, if I could read one more review I found on Letterboxd. Oh, sure, go ahead. A review from a critic I followed by the name of J underscore Kassenjammer. And his review simply says, Somehow this movie forcing me to do math is the least of its sins. <laughs> that's funny. I'm trying right now. I'm I'm I have Google opened up. I'm trying to see if there is a 23 connection to Jeffrey Epstein. I'm sure it's there. I'm gonna I'm gonna diligently look for it. But anyone who wants to find it also and just tweet at tweet at the show account, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll blow this thing wide open. Um, Michael Bloomberg appeared on there 23 times. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, hey, I'm sure. I just gotta find it. It's in here somewhere. I know it is. You know. It's got to be. He's connected. Bill Gates, I'm sure I'm going to go Bill Gates next. I'm going to go by one by one and connect them all. What if Jim Carrey was in the flight logs? Is that the connection? I I don't know. Is Jim Carrey in the flight logs? I have no idea. I'll I'll have to look. Jim Carrey lives a weird life. It's very interesting to me to be like both like a very respected like dramatic actor one of the most iconic comedy actors and yet also be the kind of person who just is like yeah i'll do this weird thriller yeah i'll say i'm anti-vax yeah i'll 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 start like saying weird shit about my co-stars out of nowhere yeah like it's yeah that's that's fair um so yeah uh any anything final about this film or about the conspiracy or just about life in general while you're here as a guest Anything you want to say to the masses, all 14 of the listeners we normally get? Uh, I guess I will add with some plugs. Uh, you oh, can yeah, find me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Adequate Emily. Uh, no spaces. Same thing on YouTube. Uh, I'm actually working on a lot of new stuff for the YouTube channel, so get excited. Uh, obviously, I'm a bit slow for uploading recently. There's been some stuff going on in my personal life uh, for like the past year. But I'm trying to get better and I'm going to be producing a lot more because I really do enjoy this stuff. And yeah, pretty much anywhere where you can find Adequate Emily is one word. That's usually me. Uh, unless it doesn't seem like me, in which case uh, avoid that. But other than that, it's usually me. And uh, as a final note, I would just like to let the audience know that um, you know too much now. Uh, yes, that's accurate. And I will link your... Uh twitter and your youtube in the description for today's episode in case anyone wants to just go to them the problem would be that none of the podcast listeners will be able to access those links because they'll have already been gotten to by them by them by the 20 by the 23 (laughs) the men in black but they just have they just have the same uh 23 written all over their faces yeah yeah exactly hold on so Thank you for again for coming on the show at late notice and for being a guest and 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 theorizing and conspiring with me about this about this fantastic theory that we've just blown wide open tonight here on the show. But I want to leave you and the listeners with this final little information I just found. This is hot off 
breaking news hot off the presses via Wikipedia page on one Jeffrey Epstein. First criminal case, initial developments. Listen to this. So on in March 2005, a woman contacted Florida's Palm Beach Department alleging her 14-year-old stepdaughter had been taken to Epstein's mansion by an older girl. Uh, and it goes on. So that was the very first ever a- a- allegation. What date? What, wow. well, again, what months? March 2005, 32005. 32 backwards is 23. And again, 5 is 2.3. I mean, come on. It's right there. It's staring us in the face. It's like I they mean, want a f- us to You could find be us. right there. You could be right. Oh, oh my no. God. Who is They're that? They're coming for me. They're coming for we gotta, me. We got to go. Uh, follow us on Twitter. We got to find the truth. 23.